0: Hey, everybody out in Cornerstone Land, wanted to welcome you to Beyond Sunday, where our whole heart, both Spencer, who's here, and Christian, who's here, and myself, is to take the ideals of Scripture and not just leave them as ideals, but try to really unpack them in the practical. And we really do believe that the best way to work this out is within the context of relationships inside of the local church. So that's what we're going to do today. We've been talking about the mind and if you want a great recap of that, I'll let you go back to the previous episode and mm-hmm. listen to it because it's. I thought we were able to, as a group, kind of lay out in an effective and clear way what it's about. But today we are landing at the conclusion, which I don't think you can conclude really any series without concluding it in the person of Jesus. Which I'm. I don't know I, that that for me, and not only the the hearing it preached, but I think just even us to talk about. What a better way to pull something together when we're talking about anything. But specifically now with the mind, we're going to be talking about the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so maybe for you, Christian, you're the one that preached it. Why don't you kind of lay out why Why is it that somebody needs to to listen to what we're about to talk about today? What's, what's so important about what we're talking about in the person of Jesus? And there's a no doubt, of course, it's Jesus. Yeah. But why? Why is it so important? Why is this so important to conclude this way?
1: Yeah, for sure, man. I I think that one of the things I appreciate, I I love that how the guys at the Bible Project, when they kind of sum up what they try to do, they always say, we we believe that the Bible is one unified story that all points to Jesus. It's such a great little pithy way Mm -hmm. to say the Bible is a unified story. And it all comes together in Jesus. I think that the way that Paul puts it in in Ephesians 1.10, where he says that God's purpose was to bring everything in heaven and earth together under one head, even Christ. So everything runs through Jesus, you know? Um, So I think that, again, there's the Sunday school answer. Well, of course, Jesus, right? And then there's the other part of saying, no, seriously, if we want to have the right lenses on, if we want God's word to be those corrective lenses, we do want to have a Christ- Oriented view of the world around us. How do we look at this in light of who Jesus is? Yeah,
0: we want to, what Paul said, the mind of Christ.
1: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And so, as like we walk through the series and we talk about that, our minds are renewed. We are transformed through the new renewal of our. Blah, 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 that. <laughs> we are transformed through <laughs> well the said. renewal of our minds. Hurry up and interpret by the Spirit, who uses the Word of God and the people of God to do it. I mean, even more. We see right there in the birth story of Jesus that the spirit of God takes us the one that that John says in John 1 is the word of God and incarnates him in the people of God. Like the son of God is the word of God incarnated by the spirit of God into the people of God. There we go. This is why it's all going to come together in Jesus.
0: And it all in the end. No, no.
1: I'm just curious. going, Man,
2: that was such a like pithy, like simple way of Hmm. saying it. But I have so many questions, like, right? like, like, so so yes, uh-huh. but how does that actually speak to the issue of the mind? Like, like tie it together for me, because I'm like, I understand what you just said, but connect it to, like, the, the previous, like, five weeks or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, okay, when we talk about God creating us with our minds to be limited in our pursuit of knowledge, like, dependent upon what God reveals and walking with Him in this relationship of trust— this is both this is the very same mindset that we see Jesus come into this sense of okay not everything about Jesus and who he is and what he's there to do is right there on the in the headline of, uh, of the the newspaper the day Jesus is born right there's this sense of a a watch and see as Jesus continues to speak and reveal more of who he is. There's even a a guardedness to Jesus in terms of the way that he goes about making his identity known because he knows that sinful people with their mindsets will run 50,000 feet ahead of him and take this in different directions. So even in that way, there's a sense of Jesus as he walks with people saying, okay, day by day, lesson by lesson, kind of walk with me in this relationship of trust, trust in what I say, and let's keep working from here. Right? Right? So I think that in many ways, we see Jesus in the way he walks with his disciples, calling us back to those same three elements of the ways that our minds are are intended to work. So at least that would be a hmm. a starter answer. But I know yeah, you so got it's, more it's questions. It's not just
2: that he's modeling what God's intention was for how the mind ought to work, but he's also the embodiment of how we should actually be you know is that yeah. like it's it's interesting because he's both modeling and he's the means by which we're actually able to do it yeah. he's the ideal yeah
0: right i mean i don't know how to say it he is the ideal he's the one who did the will of the father he's the one that, i mean just you start filling in those blanks jesus he is it
1: absolutely and so when we talked a couple of weeks ago about that idea about how words are these symbols that are meant to carry ideas between one mind and another in communication between persons When John comes in there in John 1 and talks about Jesus as the word who was with God and who was God and was with God. Like the fact that like in the person of Jesus Christ, this is God's fullest communication of himself, of his heart and his mind and his way is right there in the person of Jesus. And the word became flesh. Amen. Right.
0: What a powerful
1: reality. The very word, symbols,
0: thoughts, right? Like suddenly gets embodied in one who is fully man.
1: Yeah. And I think the relentless pursuit of Jesus, of God to be close to us that you yeah. see in the incarnation of, I'm going to communicate my words to you. I'm going to speak through the prophets. I'm going to send angelic messengers. But no, seriously, I want to be right there with you in flesh because that's what I designed this to be from the beginning. And this is how I'm going to bring it all together in this one who in himself is both deity and, deity and humanity together. We see what is that? What, is that commun- what thought does that communicate from God to us? his design is to unite us with himself. That's what he's wanted from the beginning and he, God will get what he wants. Yeah, no, I think that's so awesome. I think I've
2: I've limited my understanding of like Jesus to being the means of the redemption of mm. of what was broken, but I think I've not explored enough the idea that Jesus was also the embodiment or the model of the ideal. Mm. Like it was, it's both right of going, it's like, no, no, he is to your point, Todd, he's, I mean, he's, he's the whole, he's the whole package there. Right. But I I think I've just limited that he's the, the, the means by which things get fixed and And he's not actually just modeling.
0: So that we might. Right, right, right. Be but, able to have the minds, right? I mean, it's it's kind of like Jesus is a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> very big deal, right? <laughs> the Bible kind of makes a big deal it. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Right. Fair, so, right. okay. So here's what I want to do. I want to take like this next section because we're talking about the the ideal, of, obviously the person of Jesus, but like, I want you to kind of unpack for us a little bit more from what you did on Sunday to help us understand this ideal, and then we're gonna take it and we're gonna we're gonna take it down to the to the grassroots and really make it real. So we'll jump there next. Okay, so for us to sitting here today i think let's even take that further so why don't you work us through kind of the ideal of this so we can wrap our minds around the broader understanding of it cuz i think we got a great start yeah and so now off of that start let's let's take it to that next place so we can get a little more context so we can really land this
1: i think in some ways to me it comes back to what you were unpacking a few weeks ago from first corinthians 2 this idea that the natural person with the 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 the, the corruptness of our minds cannot fully grasp receive the things of god right the thoughts of god this is why it confounds us i think that's what you see that's i think that's what continues to draw us back to the nativity story i think the story of jesus's birth is how confounding it is that the son of god the the long promised king from the line of david would be born in such an obscure way
0: in an obscure place in a right I mean, to an
1: obscure group of people right I think I've been I've been thinking a lot about Mary's song from from Luke where she talks about like wow you have brought down the mighty from their thrones you have sent the rich away hungry but you've provided for, like there's such a turning upside down of our expectations in this thing that again we see that very concept that, that Peter talks about or that, that Paul talks about from first Corinthians 2 that that these things are spiritually discerned we see that in the entirety of the life of Jesus. This this no name young girl named Mary, who we all know her name now. Who who am I that the Lord would right? Like when when Gabriel says to her, "Greetings, O oh highly favored one! Blessed are you among women!" She's the most surprised person. Like why would like the the angel from the presence of God be saying that about me? Again, it's flipping these things upside down. I think that was what uh, when I was preaching through it. Looking at Matthew 11, when Jesus makes that statement, like, thank you, Father, that you've hidden these things from the wise and the discerning, but you've revealed them to little children. Mm -hmm. Like there really is in the way that God in Jesus confounds our expectations. There is this writing of our minds by saying, I'm going to reveal this to you and you're gonna to need to depend upon what I reveal, even if, it, if you can't compute, it doesn't all make sense to your senses, to the way that you think that the world should operate. Like there is such a, again, a Proverbs 3 mindset at work in the entire life of Jesus of don't lean on your own understanding. Because your own uh, your own understanding is not going to be able to wrap your 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 mind
0: around this, you know. So in the, like especially in the, like when you read the Gospels, it seems like every chapter is loaded with that reality. Yeah. Right. It starts that way at the very beginning, all throughout the life the life of Jesus with the apostles. There's co- the constant confounding reality, and even the work in the cross, and then finally the most confounding reality of all, right? The yeah. resurrection of Jesus, which we weren't expecting and then the turning loose of a confounded church that needed the holy spirit to be able to, to pull this off there's just there's a constant rhythm in there in and around the person of jesus yeah
1: yeah and i think that um when we were spending time in matthew 16 looking at that amazing passage where jesus after walking with these guys for a while now says okay what are people saying about me what's the buzz what's trending the trending topics around me on, on social media if you will Okay, well, we think you're maybe Jeremiah or or one of the, John the Baptist or one of the other prophets. Okay, but who do you say that I am? You're the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And Jesus goes, "You didn't figure that out, Peter. Blessed are you because my Father revealed that to you, right? He revealed that to you. And then how that passage goes on, and Peter goes from his highest high to his lowest low. You know, Jesus says, "Okay, now that you trust me, there, let me reveal what's next. I'm gonna be." Turned over to sinful men. I'm going to be beaten and
0: killed. <laughs> and suddenly Peter goes, Whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, time out on that one.
0: I'm cool with you being the son of God, but now you're taking it too far.
1: Yeah. I think the, like you see the messiness that we were talking about in the last podcast in the way that Jesus walks with his disciples and even the way that he is corrective to them. And I love like the truth telling of Jesus with his disciples that it's never just, this is why you're disqualified, except for Judas, you know, but everybody else, it's, let me show you your little faith. Let me show you the gap, not to leave you there, but to call you onto something else. And I think that when we talk about just the messiness of walking with Jesus in community with others, it's to recognize that like Jesus creates the atmosphere where we can be honest, or he will be honest with us. And we can be honest with each other, not to just enjoy and pat ourselves on the back for being honest, but so we can go, Oh, I see where I need to grow. I see where I'm out of line. Can we be righted together? Can we pursue this renewed mind together?
0: You know? And even their need, like how many times was that reminder though, their need have been the Holy spirit later to be able to not only write the text, but to understand, to join him in what he's doing in this world is that he was constantly kind of moving the story forward in this confounding story that he's telling them.
1: Yeah. And then again, right there in Matthew 16, where he makes it clear that like, hey, this whole thing about me walking this road of suffering and rejection, if anyone would come after me, this is your path too. Are you willing to walk with me
2: there? Right? That's the part I think is fascinating. As We were talking about this just a bit ago. Of going, even that though goes back to what you identified as God's intent, intent in the beginning and how we were supposed to know things, that we were to walk with God in that trusting relationship of God kind of carrying us along mm-hmm. and then seeing that that's actually kind of what Jesus calls us to of going, no, no, like, come with me, like, join me. Like, yeah. like here's the journey. Come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, going, and it's... It's a journey of transformation. It's a difficult journey. In fact, it's it's really really hard. Yeah. But Jesus, is like, yeah.
1: I think that's something that's been so shaping for me in my life, and as I walk with others, is some, so often we talk, you know, especially in like evangelical circles, like about the altar call, the call to faith. You call someone to believe in Jesus, and and I think most often we conceive of that in like an initial sense, a starter sense. Believe in Jesus for the first time. Start your relationship with Jesus today but what I see when I read the gospels and I watch the way that Jesus walks with his disciples is there's, there's calls to faith throughout it. Okay. Will you come and follow me to this point? Okay, cool. Awesome. Now let me explain more to you. Let me show you more of my power. Let me show you more of my, or, or the confounding way in which I'm not going to bring this kingdom in the way that you want. Will you still trust me? Will you right. still walk with me? And yes. there is like a leading them along in that way that for me that's so instructive in my own life to go, okay, not just did I believe in Jesus for me at like the age of seven? Yes, I did. But as I've continued to learn more and see more of who he is, and I'm confronted with that, okay, will I trust you with this aspect of my life? Will I trust you to reshape the way that I look at the government or the way that I look at expectations for the future or expectations of the church? Right, right. Will I, will I trust you there too? Will I keep taking those steps? It's almost trust.
2: like that John 6 reality where Jesus is preaching and I mean, what he's preaching is hard and difficult. And the crowds are leaving. Mm-hmm. And he looks over at Peter and he says, Are are you going to go away too? And Peter goes, Where else am I going to go? You have the words of eternal life. And go, that's where I kind of feel like it's like, oh man, the last eighteen months is like it's been hard and so many people, you know, kind of taking off ramps here and there. And it's like, Well, no, Jesus, you you have the words of eternal life. And I don't know. I'm just yeah. uh, and not I only was of,
0: he talking about it, but the whole way through he was modeling it. Yeah. Right, it wasn't just like okay hey, I'm saying these neat pithy things for you or even to the very end like in the garden right where there he is before mm-hmm. the father talk about modeling the three things we're talking about right like limited information Deep. dependence this Deep. reality of trusting relationship like I I think like as you're talking the thing that keeps sticking out to me is he truly was that example right yeah. he he talked and he exemplified what humanity was supposed to look like in relationship even when god. he didn't
2: want to god is there any other, any way? other way right all right but not my way right yeah but it,
0: your will be done where there's this constant modeling of jesus in such a beautiful powerful way to the very end where it's i think like that's as we're if you i'm just listening to you guys' conversation that was the part that stuck out to me like i love the fact that he didn't just talk about it he gave the example like, yeah. follow my example. This is what humanity is supposed to look like. So that when we talk about the mess and the hurt and the heartache, heartache that comes from life, mm-hmm. he is that great high priest that we truly can right have true empathy and sympathy as we walk the path.
1: I think when we were in in the summertime, when we were going through the book of First Peter, this is something that kept coming up in my conversations with my wife. As we would look at, again, Peter later on in his life, seeing the sacrificial lifestyle of Jesus, that path of enduring unjust suffering and trusting yourself to God and says, this is, he gets it now, not just the path of Jesus. This is the path God's called me to walk. And this is the path that God's called his people to walk. Well, the thing that Jen said repeatedly was just, it is so comforting that even though Jesus calls us to walk a hard path, it's a walk. It's a path. He already walked. Mm-hmm. He doesn't call us into anything that he didn't already model for us. Yes. And so that is just, okay, I can entrust myself to someone like that because he is not a leader who says one thing and does something else, has a standard for others that he doesn't hold himself to. If anything, like Jesus in every way models for us the very same sort of trusting God with limited information depending upon him and, and not stepping out of that that walk with God.
0: He was you know? the means in his work and he was the model. Oh. Like, right, right? I didn't mean to start with him, so both of those, but... That preaches. That, that does preach. Yeah, yeah I dude. Save that front. But it, but I think like really, because we've so focused so much on the means, we've lost this beautiful picture. And in many ways, right, where it's whether we had, you talked about the last eighteen months, the difficulty of dealing with government. Well, he dealt with government. Yeah. He dealt with bad leaders, right? And you know, even you know, there he is before rulers. You know, you understand know I, I could kill you. That's cute. You think that, but, <laughs> you know? But just but he, he he truly did walk the path and i think like what you started off with in genesis 1 that idea of well god continuing to say well come walk with me then yeah come walk this path which obviously the rest of the new testament is what that path looks like but man what a what a beautiful reality of the model
1: yeah of what it means yeah that that when jesus says in matthew 11 that take my yoke upon you and learn mm. from me because I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you'll find rest for your souls, right? Like take this journey with me, learn from me, like seek wisdom from my mouth. Like I'm not gonna, it's not everything on day one, but trust me as I continue to speak and lead and guide you in this. You know? Isn't that crazy? I'm going, I
2: just think about the, the causes of angst and stress in my own life. And going, oh, but if I if I think like Jesus does, or call like think how Jesus is at least calling me to think, or engage, or interpret the world around me, there is rest there. Wow! But because I'm, I, I go, oh, I, I I can trust God in it because He has gone before me. He has. Going, oh, I don't have to try to control the outcome, or you know, all these different things that cause angst or stress, or all of a sudden, if I'm trying to maintain control, comfort, I go, Well, those aren't the things that Jesus has called me to, anyways. I just, yeah, I go, Oh, no, there actually is rest, but it requires me to think differently, Mm -hmm. requires a certain aspect of the way I engage to die to so that I might think in line with in step with Jesus. And, you know, I, I, I just, I love that. And yeah. it's, I know experientially it's true. I just, I've never probably put all those pieces together that way. Yeah. I would yeah. say like
0: all of us have had those moments in our lives where we have embraced the yoke of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we can honestly say we experienced rest. It was a rest though. Not like we expected rest to be not the, the normal, you know, I'm not fatigued I'm not. but we know what that rest is. And we long for it, but yet we also know the path that's required to experience. yes yeah. Jesus, again, to have the mind of Christ says, follow me. Yeah. Let's
1: go. It's, it's that the phrase that we often use that, oh, rest assured, it'll be OK. Right. Like that. Th- the combination of those two words, I think, is very I think that's what Jesus is talking about. 100%. Rest in the assurance that I've got this, that I'm not leading you on the wrong track, that even if. I lead you into the valley of the shadow of death. I'm there with you.
2: Yeah. Even if I lead you to the cross, if there's God, if there's any other way, yeah. But even if I lead you to the cross, yeah, that's actually that's the path.
1: Okay. Yeah. There's but, also that's not the end of the path. No, right? it's not. Yeah. But, but you go. Yeah. That's
2: so contrary to the way my mind is hardwired to operate, mm-hmm. in though.
1: But to go back to
0: what you said, because so often faith is talked about as the initiate, the initial act of me. <clears throat> Coming, you know, to Christ conversion or something versus like that, yeah. now these series of moments, right? Like Ooh. it's I think like now we're we're expanding our understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. It's not a one-time act, but a series of acts of faith yeah. that He continually beckons us into as as we as we walk alongside of Him. So, okay, so there we kind of get an idea of of that ideal. So what I want to mm-hmm. do now is like in you guys, just as my friends, because I man I can already sense we're gonna have some places to go to kind of land this one out as just in the practical realities of life. That's what, that's where I want to go next. I'm mm-hmm. going to take and I want to try to land those, those practicalities out in the life. Okay, so let's try to land this a little bit because there's like a lot of directions I can go in this, but maybe to kind of for us, I think this like means model thing was mm-hmm. really like crucial to me as I not only heard us talking kind of through it, but as I sat back and watched you guys talk through it, is that Jesus now became the means. And so we do come to Him by faith as the means, right? Yeah. So that we can then begin to model to to something, Spencer, you always talk about, so that we can put God on display. But then we talk about the messiness of it. We fail. Yeah. And we have to then fall back onto the grace of Christ as the means so that then we might also now begin to model again. So maybe help me understand and help people listening understand... Why is this so crucial to like now this mind that we're talking about?
2: Well, I think what you were just describing even like just a little bit ago, Christian was even reading what Matthew 16, mm-hmm. you know, Peter makes this incredible profession of like, oh, you're the Christ, you're the son of God, like he gets it. And then same scene, you know, let's say a couple minutes later is off the rails again. And I just...
0: But I think that's normal life. No, no,
2: exactly. I'm going, that's, that's me. I do that. Yeah, like I get occasionally, I occasionally have some like moment in life where I'm like, oh, I put Jesus on display well there. And then, you know, the next five or six days, weeks, months, you know, I'm off the rails and just, and I go, okay. But to your point, Jesus is both the means of, of how I can be redeemed in my brokenness, but then he's also modeling for me what it looks like. And I think it comes back to that idea of putting God on display either way. Jesus is getting put on display. Yeah, so
0: clarify that so, just so people get that. Cause I think that's you're, what you're saying is crucial here. Right. Why, why is that so important?
2: So in my, if I get it right, and I and I somehow know things properly. It doesn't happen often, but occasionally it might happen. Mm-hmm. Well, they if say I, a broken clocks right twice a day. Exactly. Kind of yeah, yeah. I've been sitting on that one. I was like, ah, I think that's Christian's line. I'll let have it. You know, but cool. but going if I'm if I'm right and I actually am thinking things appropriately in the way God wants, then awesome. Jesus gets put on display because people look at my life and they're like, man, the way he's thinking is different, and Jesus gets put on display. Well, Amen. Awesome. I'm accomplishing what God wants for me. But when I fail. (laughs) But most of the time, I'm in a state of brokenness. I'm failing. I am in desperate needs of God's grace and his redemption. In which case, I'm still putting God on display because people get to see God's mercy and God's grace in my life because they recognize, oh, wow, Spencer's functioning from a place of brokenness. He's off the rails. And wow, look, God, God provides a means for him to be made right. God gets put on display and Jesus gets made known. And so either way, I think God, God gets what he wants out of my life. If that, I don't, I mean, you're, you're looking perplexed there, Christian. You're like, ah, well,
1: yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I'm just wondering, how does that not lead us into the very thing that Paul's going after in Romans six of, Oh, well, if God's going to get on, put on display either way, I know which one's easier for me. I'll just, I'll just keep failing and Jesus will keep being gracious. And, there we go. Like what, why in that do we, how, why then should we contend for a, a Christ-like lifestyle?
2: Yeah, no, I, I, to be honest, I, I, I think the more I live, the more I understand that tension that Paul's calling out Yeah. because I go, Oh no, like as one who Jesus is in the process of redeeming, God, God's going to get put on display yeah some aspect or another I mean in, in some ways even God's discipline starts putting parts of him on display right and going yeah. um, but I think that comes back to remembering what it is that God has called us to and going oh um, God wants to be put on display like what does it mean to be truly human and I think all those things start to re- to wrestle and so um, I think, Having the mind of Christ really comes back to going. Oh, I want to join Jesus in this journey. Yeah, I mean, it's what you just said a a few minutes ago, and what Jesus is calling us to. And it's, it's that, it's that trusting, relational journey of going. Okay, this is the way I actually want to know the world and know what God's world is.
0: Well, I couldn't find it. Is it again? I was looking at. Is it verse four? And could you go to Romans six? Romans six. Yeah, he talks about this whole idea that you know he says, "Are you kidding me?" You know, making way to let it not be. But he t- Oh, here's it. It's, um, uh, raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. We too might walk in newness of life. Mm-hmm. Like, like God will not let us stay there. Yeah. Like, I, I think like there's that side of it that the individual that says, well, you know, might as well sin so the grace might increase. Paul's like, no way. That has nothing to do with newness of life. Like yeah. that's yeah. not the model to which Jesus and even the means by which he didn't save us to stay in that, that place, man. He, and, and it's your point of discipline. And God won't let us stay there. No, yeah. Like God's like, no, no, no. I have I have come, Second Corinthians five, so that things might be renewed, which by the way includes you. Yeah. And I my intent in this and the work of Jesus and the modeling of everything was so that we now might walk in this this newness of life, which I think we have to keep that in mind in this, so that we don't devolve ourselves into a fatalistic, let's just put Jesus on by our sin. Yeah is that was not the intent of God. Uh -uh. The intent of God is that we would walk and model him in the newness of life, that we would be these these people, which I think like what's so beautiful about, like as as we've been talking about this, is that yes, on one end, our failure does reveal Jesus, but from that failure, we are made more into the image of Jesus, right? Like, so then that cycle doesn't become a, you know, I guess a devastating cycle of hopelessness, it becomes this beautiful cycle of redemption where failure propels us now into what yeah. his transformation, intent, what, true transformation, yeah. which talk about Romans 12, two again, right? Like yeah. it's that the you might chiseling be off
2: of the rough edges. You know, yeah. it's not the, true. it's not those callous things get like for the, like harder and harder. And we you could go to that downward spiral. It's like, no, that process of like having those things redeemed and, and, uh, those areas of brokenness are like those. Okay. Yeah. They get, they get chiseled off and,
0: and, and if now we're actually looking more and more like Jesus. And if it doesn't lead to newness of life to modeling Jesus, then we don't we don't understand the gospel. Yeah, okay. yeah. We don't get the good news. The good news is that no, you will become the intent of God and what humanity was supposed to you're becoming. I shouldn't say we, we will be, but like we yeah, are in the yeah. process of becoming.
1: Look, it goes back to the the First Peter two idea that if you've tasted the goodness of God, it will have a growing, maturing, transforming effect in your life. I think it's the. As you guys were talking about that, I was just reflecting on the way that the grace of Jesus is put on display differently with Judas than with Peter. Mm. Jesus is still absolutely gracious, compassionate, patient, long-suffering, invest a ton of time into Judas. And yet he says throughout, it would have been better for him if he'd never been born. Versus Peter, who's this one, he says, man, Peter becomes this trophy of grace this rock on which the church is built, right? And I think just even that, when you talk about God put on display in the the complete renovation of Peter's life to be this one who is now a, a Christ-formed one who models the very savior that he followed, like that, okay, I think long-term trajectory, man, that's what I wanna see. I wanna see right. that growing in me.
2: Yeah, I think that's where we start talking about the, the messiness of this and the complexity of this. And going, yeah, Jesus is the the means and the model of this. But I also go, in that messiness, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I'm a part of the brokenness. Yeah, there's idealism that I fall short of regularly, as do you guys and everyone else at Cornerstone. But I also look and I go, Bob Krejcik's going to appreciate this one. I look at the the record, like the historical record of the church, and I mm-hmm. go, oh there's so many people who've gone before us who they were broken and yet God used them in amazing ways. Oh, look, Hebrews 11. Mm -hmm. Man, there's all this litany of people who've gone before us who have been just desperately flawed. Yeah, And yet God uses them in pretty profound ways, right? And it's like, and those people put Jesus on display in amazing ways, both. And anyways, I just go, I don't despair in it because I, I realize, oh, there is this great cloud of witnesses that that didn't stop at Hebrews eleven. Yes, it did, but it, you know what I mean. I'm going. There's a whole lot of folks over the last two thousand years that deeply flawed people who have God has used in incredible ways, and I just feel like, okay, okay, I get to be a part of that. Because I think that actually starts to give a great deal of hope. Like you said, God isn't going to let us stay in those states of sin. Yeah, God can be put on display in our brokenness, but he's not going to let us stay there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I still, I remember, Spencer, you and I <coughs> were sitting outside of my house one night. And you were not going to let me stay broken. You just we were, It's kind of a long story, but I don't want to talk about it. But I just remember sitting outside my house and you just kept saying the same thing over and over again. I'm like idiot. Like, are you a broken record? But it finally hit on me. What you were trying to say to me is that, and I think as we walk with one another, how powerful it is to say, no, no. Like in the same way that God is fighting for our newness. Mm-hmm. I think even when we walk alongside of each other, we have to constantly, you know, not rub our nose in our sin or mm-hmm. the weird things we try to do to Are you really broke? All the different things where it's like, but to truly come alongside one another and to embrace the means and to call one another to the model. the model like Jesus, and, yeah. and And in that, because we don't mean to, there's different ways we get kind of eddied in that old proverbial river, right? We don't mean to get stuck. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we get stuck. Well, grace might increase. No, 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 call, I'm calling you to do this. Or I am too broken in this where it's like, oh my gosh, then you don't understand the means, right? There's just so many aspects of this where I just, I think we we have to learn, learn this more effectively. Amen. As, as follow fellow followers of jesus the means model concept i think is something we need to we need to make real in our relationships which again both you guys have done this for which i appreciate so much in that
2: i think there's an interesting part of going in that means and model relationship and and yes we need to encourage one another in that but i don't know i think christian i think you may you made reference to this one. Maybe it was Todd. I don't remember. I'm going to assume it's Christian though because it was smart. Um,
0: <laughs> that's, generally, that's generally a
2: truism. <laughs> um, but it was that idea of going in the modeling. It's not just modeling the life of Jesus, but there's also a modeling of of like the death of Christ. But yeah. that, like, and I, I don't. Maybe that even goes back to Romans 12:1. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I,
1: don't, well, look, I mean, I I think Matthew 16. Right after he rebukes Peter for being off track and says, no, no, like you're thinking man's thoughts, not God's thoughts. Get back on track here, right? And then he turns to all the disciples and says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. I don't even know for me. That was when I was, what, 19 years old. I got stuck for a while on that word, anyone in that verse. I think in my head there was this like Navy SEAL kind of idea of okay, there are these certain Christians that yeah, they they really have to take up their cross and follow Jesus. That sounds scary. I don't really want to do that. And getting stopped at the no, if anyone would come after me, there is no like there is no uh free option where you still get the ads, you know, like <laughs> no, no, there's there is only one level of commitment to Jesus, which is Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And then he says, This is actually the way to true life. Because if you try to hold on to your life for yourself, you lose it.
2: Isn't that, but
1: is, that's, that's exactly what you laid out
2: weeks ago about God's intent in the beginning of like, it's that call to yeah. like walk with me. Yeah. I mean, the, the walk might go to interesting places or interesting like seasons of life, but it's okay.
0: Yeah, but I want to walk with him through nice little brooks and green pastures, green pastures and still pastures waters. With puppy dogs. And, Do we get and rainbows, rainbows and butterflies? Of <laughs> I mean, right, but it's like it's interesting in this moment. It's it's instead a, to kind of talk about the, re, the coming back again to faith. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like life is a series of follow me. Yeah. And then in the next series of life, follow me. In the next series of life, follow me. But again, in that process, to Paul's point, as I become this living, holy, acceptable sacrifice, which is this true worship that we're called to, at the very end of 12.2, the, the good, pleasing, and perfect is you start to become yes. the intent of God. Yes. Right? There's hope in Jesus. And so Jesus isn't beckoning us as like a a sadist, like enjoying right. our pain. hmm He's saying that I'm beckoning you into this life because at the end of it, the means of it, this life that he's yeah. offering us, which we talked about a few weeks ago, is that you become the intent to which God created you to be. Amen. Yeah, you
2: can have rest in it yes. because this is what God intended for you. And this is the part that's been fascinating for me the last couple of weeks. My circumstances haven't changed. It's still hard and there's the pressure and whatnot. But my goodness, I can I can truly say I'm finding rest, not in my circumstances. Those circumstances are still hard. Mm-hmm. But I go, oh, no, but I'm able to put Jesus on display. And, oh, look here. And all of a sudden, the pressures and burdens are just different.
0: But isn't that the hard part, right? Is to maintain the, to use what he talked about when he's talking about Scripture, the lenses. Yeah. That's a lens that says, at the end of the day, my intent is to put Jesus on display. And I can find rest in that. But I don't, that lens is hard sometimes for me to oh my find.
2: hundred percent. But when I do it, I'm like, oh man, I just, I just want to just remind myself, you guys, people who are listening to this have going, man, when we, when we think rightly and our minds are wired rightly, the circumstances where in might be difficult, but my goodness to Christian, your point in, in, uh, Matthew 11, there is rest there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there is this good news of going, no, we can actually put Jesus on display and accomplish what God wants for our lives. And, and it has really nothing to do with the circumstance we're in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're talking about something that now, you know, coming off of the pretty difficult two years on a personal level, and I feel like those around me, we were trying to change our circumstance yes we wanted out of our circumstance and what god was wanting to do this is like i think one of the big things for me personally mm-hmm. it's, it's, oh, what's
2: <laughs> i said so moving to uh, never mind <laughs> <laughs> oh, i wanted to go wanted to oh go look we're out of time again <laughs> yeah. no. I'm um, back.
0: <laughs> I, I, I just don't i don't think there was there was two things i didn't realize he was changing my lenses right yeah. to go back to that like and because a part of it is, I thought it was everyone else that wasn't seeing it as wonderfully as I was. So he wanted to change my lenses. And he, to your point again, he wanted to put himself on display. Yeah. And I think because my lenses were wrong, or others around me, you know, were their lenses were wrong, we kept trying to change our circumstance. And and that's where for me, it's like moving forward out of this, right? Is as, as we think about thinking rightly in these in a, in a broken world. Mm-hmm. I this is where i just feel like i need i need to be this way i need others around me to be this way is that our circumstances are what they are yeah but the lenses by which we see the world the the way we walk through this of seeing jesus as the means and model like all these things we've been talking about are the way that we we get that right mind we mm-hmm. get That capacity.
1: And I think that uh, again, in Romans 12, in verse one, where he says, This offering of yourselves as living sacrifices is your spiritual worship." worship. Like, I think the way that that expands my view of worship, because there is, when we, especially when you talk about Jesus as the means and the model when we worship Jesus as the means as the accomplisher of our salvation absolutely there is so much that we just get to declare to him and declare to others about what he has done mm-hmm. through his death and resurrection that that makes it so that we can be brought back into that relationship of trust and so there always will be this declarative worship that that's the that's why we love gathering together on Sundays and doing that with Billy and the band through worship and stuff like that it's just we want to Shout to God and to each other about what we're so glad that Jesus did for us that we couldn't do for mm-hmm. ourselves. But then this idea of worshiping Jesus as our model, that's the, okay, I want to offer myself like you did, Jesus. Not as the covering for sin for others, but yeah, we can do that. But in this way of following my father, not stepping out of that relationship of trust, even in the midst of hard circumstances, even in the midst of broken places, because that's what Jesus models for us, is that he comes into brokenness to bring healing. And he says, will you follow me there? And that is worship. When we, with our stumbling, like just learning how to walk with him and fall on our face and all that kind of stuff, when we don't run from those situations, but learn to take his hand there and walk by like that's worship.
2: Well, it's worship and it's and it's worth it because yeah. it's like this is what God intended us for. Yeah. And it's not only that but it's what the world desperately is needing. <laughs> like we live in a world that's so fractured and despairing when we can enter into that world and think differently and live differently i mean we're embodying good news to a world that desperately needs it
0: which is so much when we went through first peter right that we're able to give the answer for the hope that's found Mm. within us right Mm. like that true reality where it is confounding it doesn't make sense it's it's upside down in how we look at it but yet that confounding reality is that now place where we get to declare the hope of jesus oh my god like
2: that's that's an amazing. I don't know. Some of you guys are like Spencer. Are you even excited right now? Because I'm not. You know, I you know, I'm posture kinda,
0: wise, Spencer's excited. I'm kind
2: of stoic. Posture. You know, a little bit, definitely. <laughs> but no, this is one of those things that I go when I think about this rightly. I truly do get so overwhelmed and excited about this of going. No, the thing that the world needs right now, we have. Mm-hmm. We have the ability to think differently. We have access to think differently. God's made the means and He's modeled for us how to do this. And the world desperately needs it. Mm -hmm. Like what an incredible privilege to participate in God's redemptive work.
0: And the God of the universe is beckoning, come walk with me. Yeah. Right. Like I think that's the beauty of this. Is right now, regardless of what we're facing in the next year Mm -hmm. with 2022, you know, every time I think, Oh, next year won't be as bad. Next year won't be as we don't know what's coming, but again. It's it's almost right in the beginning of January. God's still looking at His church and saying, "Come walk with me. Like, come, come be a part of what Mm. I'm doing. Come, come and become the intent for which I've I've created you. Which I think is a really yeah. What an amazing privilege. But it all comes back to your point. It comes back to Christ, Mm -hmm. the means and and the model. Right. What a what a powerful reality. So, thank you so much. Just for hanging out with us today i feel like we're kind of ending i i wanted to end on a high note i guess i'm just ending on a satisfied note like, oh my gosh like i feel like right now it's like is that satisfied reality of, of the wrestling
1: tennis. i think that's just the thing like as a kid who grew up in the church who learned that jesus loves me this i know from a young age i'm so like so grateful that God's put people in my life who kept helping me see Jesus as Amen. bigger and bigger and bigger. So that way, when the problems in life and the situations and the hurts of the world get bigger and bigger and bigger, you go, oh, he's still big enough mm-hmm. for that. He can still handle that. And I think that, I guess if you're listening to this and you're going, how can this little Jesus I grew up with be enough for the problems I'm facing? He, he absolutely is. Come walk with him, you know?
0: God bless you all. Love and appreciate y'all, and we're excited for what God has in store as we just go walk, and walk with Jesus. Amen. So God bless Amen. y'all.